Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age Podcast. This is your host, C. Travis Webb, and I am speaking to you from Southern California, where it is actually raining today. Hi, this is Stephen G. Fullwood. I am the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project. I am coming to you from Harlem. It's a cold day, but a day that I'll be getting out pretty soon to walk in. Mm, good for you. Uh, this is Seth Rodney. I am... The uh, what am I? Oh yeah, I'm the opinions <laughs> editor. <laughs> I'm the opinions editor at Hyperallergic and a bon vivant. And um, I'm coming to you from uh, Newburgh in the state of New York, and it's sunny outside today. Uh, this is to remind our listeners that we practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, which is giving each other the space and time to figure out things out loud and together. I'm going to do that again because my system made a weird beeping sound. Um, this is to, hold on one second. Let me kill this. I'll let Chris know that. All right. Uh, this is to remind our listeners that we practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, which is giving each other the space and time to figure out things out loud and together. And today we're continuing our conversation on transitions. I mean, pretty broadly construed, right? I mean, we're kind of always in transitions, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we thought we'd zero in on, uh, the impeachment trial, Mm -hmm. um, which is clearly a pretty (laughs) integral part of the transition away from Trump or towards some other awful thing. I don't know. We're trying to figure that out. Um, so Steven, I mean, this is your, this is kind of your baby. Do you want to, you want to take us into it? I know you've been watching it. So yeah. um, As I told you before we started broadcasting, I watched a couple of days of it. I was struck by a number of things. Um, at one point, the point of reference I came from was what's the use Republicans aren't going to convict them. Why are they doing this? Mm-hmm. And then it occurred to me as I was watching the trial, but also reading uh, reports about it, that it was less so about the Republicans that were affirming their belief that this was unconstitutional, blah, 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 all that nonsense, but that the American people needed to see what happened and to have a responsible government, or at least a government acting responsible, to see and to lay out mm-hmm. the case, because it involved so many things. It involved... Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, Trump, but also the ways in which the Capitol was attacked. So there were visuals. There were these really stunning videos. There were um, Trump really has nobody but to blame for himself, but himself because he's constantly sort of telling on himself. <laughs> you know, from the phone call to Georgia, but yeah. also to you know his his tweets up until a particular point until he was um, his um, his uh, account was canceled. All of that. So I thought it was. I've been thinking about how we keep people accountable in a culture mm-hmm. that is sort of like coming at it in different ways. Um, if we just look at the Republicans and Democrats and Republicans who are like, you know, arms folded, I'm not going to vote for to pe- impeach him. Then you have somebody like, I think the guy from Louisiana, I can't think of his name, who changed his vote, you know, and said, yes. This Lamar? Is, is it just I don't think no, so. No, Lamar. no, it wasn't, it wasn't Lamar. It was um, this other guy. I know, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, the, I do know who you're talking the about. The guy from yeah. Louisiana. And so there was this glimmer of hope that they could get the votes to actually impeach him. But I, I think, again, I want to say, I don't think that's totally the point anymore. I think we're talking about moving ahead, but also keeping people accountable. And I think you can do all these things simultaneously. And so I wanted to talk about it with you guys today to see what your take on this was, um, on the impeachment trial, but also the way the people were responding to it. Even the people who are now facing charges are saying, Trump told us to come. 
what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you guys yeah. going to do? And so the Democrats were very, like I said, very methodical in laying out their cases, impassioned, detailed. Um, it was quite striking, but it's a striking moment, you know? So yeah. I, I was pretty pleased with it overall, given how they handled it. Yeah. Bill, Bill Cassidy is the, uh, thank you. Changed yes. His, the changes. Yeah. Name. I mixed him up with Castor, who was one of the Trump defense lawyers. Yeah. Yeah. I actually really appreciate the, um, uh, that point of view because, you know, I have struggled with it a little bit. Um, I being, being eternally hopeful, I will not say optimistic because I am, I don't, would not consider myself an optimist, but I am definitely hopeful. And, and the distinction I would make there is that, you know, hopeful is kind of a nearly a spiritual practice, right? It's something that you 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 continue to believe that the efforts that you are making will have some impact in the world around you, um, even though you know there is evidence to the contrary. So, um, I I am eternally hopeful when it ca- when it comes to stuff like that. So there was a part of me that thought, well, you know, maybe. I don't know that you'll get 67, but maybe mm-hmm, you'll get right. maybe you get 60. Maybe you get 61, 60. Maybe you get mm-hmm. enough that people go, "Whoa. Okay, right. this mm-hmm. this is a moment." You know, th- there agree. there mm-hmm. is some um integrity in right. I don't want to say decency cuz it's not really about decency, but it's about integrity at this point. I mean, we we all have our own particular admixture of cruelty and compassion in us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But really, it's the integrity that is just MIA in the Republican Party right now. It's it just appears to be, yeah. And, and it seemed, you know, when you had that initial procedural vote on whether it was constitutional, when you had the second one and you got 56 P, I mean, anyway, I, I don't need to go too far. I really do appreciate the idea that the case isn't about the Republicans. It's about the future. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. it's about, it's about moving the opinion of the American people. 1%, 2%. That's all you need. I mean, if you were in the midst of the civil rights movement, mm-hmm. you know, we weren't talking about, it wasn't like 70% of the country was like, Oh yeah, we definitely need to give black people equal. Like for sure. Like mm-hmm. it was like, you know, 53. I mean, it was, mm-hmm. you know, it's some very, very tiny, slim margin mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that, that wins the day historically. And maybe that's, yeah. maybe, maybe that's, what we're working for, I, I Steph, think you look you yeah, look uh, skeptical. Yeah, I'm, I was about to say, <laughs> I was about to confess up to being really pessimistic because I think, I mean, there is a, there is again the overarching question of whether we're watching something die or we're watching something being born, and that's that's central to this discussion, mm-hmm. and 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 that's a question I can't answer yet, but I keep being bothered by this niggling um concern that or or maybe it's or maybe it's um conviction that mm. essentially what is happening is the GOP is saying we had a resurgence of white of violent white supremacy mm. and we are not going to hold the people responsible accountable mm. we're just not going to do it in order to validate, and this is, you know, this is said under, under the breath, right? In order to validate that white supremacy. Like, I, I, where, so do you, I don't, where do you go from there? So that's not my, that's not my, mm. my read on their, 
their justification for it. So A, I think they believe they are holding the people responsible who are the people who stormed the Capitol, and they believe that those people should be prosecuted. And that that is a sign of historical progress. That is, you know, Sam Sam Bowers or Sam Bowles or whatever, you know, the 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 guy that essentially is responsible for the murder and abuse of, I mean, uh, Stephen, do you remember his name exactly? No, I mean, uh, he's like the high priest of the KKK. I mean, he's responsible for dozens of murders and abuse. I mean, this guy never, like, he finally came to justice in like 1990 oh, something. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, so the fact that, the fact that there is a strong and public condemnation of what these people did. I don't, that does not satisfy me. I'm not suggesting it does at all. It does not satisfy me at all. I do not think it is a sufficient response. But for them, it's not, it's not, I don't think it's just a flat, we're okay with white supremacy. What they're, what, what they're saying is that white supremacists are responsible for themselves and the rhetorical weapons that we use to win elections are just politics. And well, see, and, that's and, a by default then. So this is what I think, I'm not sure if stuff's getting at this, but then I think, because when you said it, Seth, I, I, was t- I tend to agree more with Travis, but I think it's unconscious in some ways. I don't think that, yeah, I, think I think that's that, possible, yeah. I think it's unconscious that folks are doing this. And I also feel like that there is, I remember watching. Okay, so it's a um, it's a it's a cultural reference. The X Men film, um, the last of the first tri- the first trilogy, the last one with the Phoenix, the Dark Phoenix, and mm-hmm. there was a moment where Magneto and his minions are about to attack the X Men, and they go, "Let the uh, minions go first. Let them go first. And that's how I feel <laughs> about the mob on the Capitol. Let them go mm-hmm. first, but mm-hmm. that they are still a part of the larger sensibility." that they probably wouldn't think of as white supremacy or white misanthropy, that they would think that they were just, you know, fiscally conservative. They would all, you know, try out all these things. I'm like, well, it doesn't add up. Here's, here's really what the scoreboard looks like, but here's the one that you say that you're operating out of. So that's, that's why but I that, agree with Seth. But, but, this is, mm. but this is my problem, right? That yes, Travis, I, I hear you and agree with you that they are holding some people responsible. Yes. But the mm-hmm. fact that Marjorie Taylor Greene, and I'm saying it's a fact and I don't know that, but it, it's, 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 it's corroborated by s- several reputable sources that when they considered taking away within the Republican conference, right? Mm-hmm. Before this was, this was brought to a vote in the larger body. And when she was sort of brought before, the uh, her Republican colleagues and asked to explain her comments that were mm-hmm. calling for violence against Nancy Pelosi mm-hmm. that uh, sought to characterize um, Sandy Hook and other um, mass <laughs> yeah. mass killings mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. false flag operations. Mm-hmm. Um, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. The kooky stuff. The really kooky stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When she entered the chamber, apparently she got a standing ovation from at least half the members. No, but here's here's my point. Here's my point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The rest of them, for the most part, given what the votes that we've seen, the votes around Marjorie Taylor Greene, the votes around the impeachment, most of the Republican caucus is quite willing to just say. 
guys, calm down, please. Just like, can we just like not be crazy today? Like, let's just like, you know, they want the energy. They want to actually, what's the word, wield and instrumentalize the energy of the people who voted people like Marjorie Taylor Greene into office. They don't want to turn their backs on them, but they also will not have the adult conversation that they need to have with them and say, well, this part of what you're thinking is not rational, does not make sense. This part of our plan agenda, if you're on board with us, we really appreciate, you know, your, your support. They don't want to do that. What they're doing essentially is what James Baldwin accused white liberals of doing historically, which is mm-hmm. they'll act like, yeah, we're kind of on board with you Negroes. We really want you to, you know, to be, uh, seen as, as fully human and to enjoy all the, 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 the rights and responsibilities that, um, everyone else who, uh, gathers himself under the banner of American, um, has and enjoys. But on the QT, we're just going to like not really support all that equality because really we kind of like things the way they are. That is what I'm getting from the majority of the Republican Party. They don't want to say this is out and out white supremacy, which it is. They want to. They want to say, just kind of keep it down. It's just keep it down. It's yeah. It's. So th- this, th- I can't, I can't make that last move with you because I, I do not like if if we're calling people whose central organizing mythology is that Democrats sacrifice babies to drink their blood to live longer, and that and that Jesus is coming back. If we qualify that as white supremacy, what crazy fucking idea in the history of the world isn't white supremacy? Like white supremacy is I'm better than you because I'm fucking white. That's white supremacy. They're not white supremacists. They're nut jobs. Well, well, well nut they jobs do believe that, that, that they want more than just saying that they're white and that they're better. They also want the resources and, you know, they want the lion's share of the resources to live. So it's more than that. It's more than just the idea. It's the shepherd. It's oh, the I'm, structure. Yeah, yeah you I'm, know this. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely not saying that there isn't, there, there is not a crass and craven attempt to hoard power mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and to wield political power. I am not, I'm not saying that I'm okay. saying that, that that's, I'm saying the ideology, the ideology is not like that. That's, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm, this is not meant at, at directed at you, but to oh, me, that's social it. media. Mm-hmm. That's Twitter talking. Like mm-hmm. that's, we're definitely more sophisticated than that. Like this is a, this is a much older and more pernicious enemy. White supremacy was a version of it. It is not a version of white supremacy. Being able to say that. So how, how being able to differentiate that, how would you approach conversations that relate to white misanthropy? Oh, no, I, had I appreciate the white misanthropy thing, by the way. Yeah. I, I do. I always appreciate that tweak. And I think that that is a pretty, I think it's a valuable. Ty Shaw, wonderful woman, lives in Atlanta. It's her words. Um, but yes, that's why I was wanting to acknowledge that. But, but I was thinking about, well, how, how, how can that be legible for a conversation now? Or a political conversation, a contemporary conversation in terms of, no, it's not white misanthropy. It's part of a larger sort of 
ideal of disenfranchisement of different kinds of people throughout the history, throughout the ages? How can it be more legible? Because you've said this before, and I thought about it, and I was like, well, how... It's it's interesting because I have an issue, and um, this is a very slight right turn, and it's I have an issue with diversity, equity, and inclusion because I feel like these words are now starting to lose their power because so many people are doing it, but they're not really doing it right. Mm-hmm. So yes, and so, so to bring that, so just so, so draw a parallel. How can you make what you're saying a little more legible to to this contemporary audience in terms of, of thinking about what's happening here? Because white, supre- white supremacy I, I, does I a pretty let, good job. I want to let Seth jump in. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I want to let Seth jump in because Seth is clearly he's wanting jump to say something for a few seconds. <laughs> so, yes, yeah. yes, yes. So uh, what I want to say, and I get the distinction that you're making, Travis, and I don't think it's I don't think it's 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 a false one. But here's 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 what I'm convinced of that that it that you think white supremacy is part of, right? Is I think I think it's actually that's the cart before the horse. I think if you scratch the surface of the QAnon folks who say, mm-hmm. you know, Democrats biting the heads of babies, wearing their skins to live forever, la mm-hmm. la la. Mm-hmm. If you scratch that surface, what you underneath what you find is this again the same classic signs of the Trump voter, which I'm I know I am I am again. In, in, well, not again, but I am in some ways being really reductive and 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 boiling it down to this essence of that I'm calling this core essence of white supremacy. If you scratch the surface, what you get is economic anxiety, the sense that they are not at the top of the social hierarchy anymore. You find mm-hmm. deep, deep, deep ethnic and class resentment for mm-hmm. not being in that position of being top of the social um, order. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will find those that rhetoric around liberty and hatred of government that is at the core, I think, I fundamentally believe, is about hating the idea of having a multi-ethnic democracy in which they only have some say and they don't dominate the conversation. I think at the core, that's, I mean, that's what I'm calling white supremacy, right? Because mm-hmm. they actually don't like fundamentally the social order changing right so two things uh a i I don't suspicion of government is in the american dn the u.s american dna i mean that is with a long precedes long precedes the sort of the marginalization of an explicitly white supremacist ideology yes and it's not a it's not about whiteness, right? It's but it's not—it's not, it's not suspicion. Power. Right? It's, but it's not suspicion. Travis is hatred, and that's the thing. This where of, they turn of government. Yes, I think that's where we turned the corner in the last two generations. Uh, okay, so I think that's a—I uh, think that is a, a fair yeah. uh, distinction. I, I don't think that it is hatred of government. It's hatred of not the the people that represent the other side of the government. I mean they still are happy to vote for their own politicians and they're still happy to wear big Rs and you know have maga hats and stuff like that. These are all political these are all political positions. 
saying I hate government is really just a code for saying I hate Democrats in most instances. I okay. Think. Mm, I okay. used to think it was more paternalism that people think that they don't want to be ruled by something. They don't, you know, Americans in their idea of freedom fries, you know, the freedom fries idea, I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to wear a mask and all that. I feel like it's more, I think it hints at paternalism. I think the other yeah, side. Rhetorical. Of I agree with you. Yeah. Rhetorical paternalism, but there's like an mm -hmm. old saw in political science, which is that mm. Americans are rhetorically conservative, but but politically liberal. They want mm -hmm. to talk as if they're conservatives, but in reality, they want to be governed as if they're liberals. You know, you know Social Security, all the, you know, the rest no, of them. You know, this absolutely. is why Trump, this is one of Trump's, you know, sort of secret weapons for pulling Republican voters into, you know, becoming just basically Trump oh, voters, so is that he was talking <laughs> about, I mean, he was really, these are economically liberal ideas. I'm going to bring manufacturing back to the United States. Right. I mean, this is... You don't, I mean, that's like Bernie Sanders. Like that's, you know, I mean, that's, and, and this was much remarked on. This is not a unique insight that I'm, that I'm uh, suggesting. So I, I don't, what it looks like it, to me is that I, I, I don't want to just say tribalism, right? Because tribalism is too flat, but I, I do think that what is at the base of it is that we are naked and afraid of like what it is to be human and that is that we are going to die and that everything around us is going to decay and fall into ruin and that is the nature of the universe and it is something that we have never fully come to terms with in mass as a species and we cling together in groups mm -hmm. to ward off that terrifying terrifying reality and the only way to combat that reality that does not involve visiting further pain and suffering onto others is to realize that we are all naked and ultimately going to die and nothing that we build is going to last. Mm -hmm. And so anytime you appeal to that, something makes me different than you better than you in any shape or form, whether it's Christian, Jew, Muslim, white, black, mm -hmm. woke, mm -hmm. you have lost. As soon as you make that move, you've already lost the fucking game. Here, okay. I'm with you. Oh, up until you? That. Go ahead. Sorry, Travis. I mean, no, no. I interrupted no, no, you, no, Stephen. I, I did. Uh, okay. <laughs> but my, my problem then is that that's all well and good, but what do we do with a culture that enshrines precisely these kind of deflections, right? Because mm -hmm. when yeah. you say... Um, I'm better than that person when, when, um, um, because, because, because he's, he's likely a criminal. When those two men chased Ahmad Arbery, right? Because mm -hmm. they thought, mm, right. when you, they saw him jogging, they thought, oh, he's, he's going to commit some kind of crime and we have to, mm -hmm. we have to be the gatekeepers. We have to be the, the, the minute man. We have to be the, the watchers in the night to make sure that that doesn't happen and we protect our community. Whatever justification they have, right? That is precisely that move of saying, I'm going to deflect my fear of being naked and alone by putting myself in a position where I'm dominant over this other black, over this black person, this black body, right? Mm -hmm. Great. But what do you do with a culture that enshrines precisely those kinds of deflections? What do you do with a culture that's, that, that, that gins those people up and says, actually, you're right to have that suspicion. You're right to have that resentment. What do you do with that? Like, my thing so, is like, that's, that's part of the problem. Like, it's great that you have the moral rectitude to recognize that that's an issue. But 
I'm calling. So I, go ahead. I, I hear no, no. I hear what you're saying. I think it's already moved. I think we're fighting the ni- the battle in the, from the 1960s and 1970s. I don't mean to say that there's equality for right. for uh, for black bodies in this country. There's clearly not. Right. Like all you need to do is just drive around the country and see like the racial lines that have been de facto established because of historical redlining, la, 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 la. What I'm saying is that right now we are fighting that battle. And and to get back to Stephen's specific question, which Mm. is that here is an example of how those words are absolutely losing complete and total power Mm. and are just a bullshit pose, Mm. which is you couldn't throw a stone in San Francisco and and not hit someone that doesn't have a BLM sticker or... Uh, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, sort of progressive political s- pose. Right. Mm-hmm. And yet every attempt to uh, like rezone housing in California right. to allow single family homes to become duplexes mm-hmm. or to allow high, de- high density urban development. So homeless people have a fucking place to live. Right. They get shot down every the single time. fucking time right. because we are a state of hypocrites right. because we do mm. not actually believe the things that we say we do okay and as long as we're as long as we are so flat with like it's so i mean you know what irritates me what actually incenses me Mm. is how fucking easy it is now to talk to to show that you aren't a racist (laughs) fuck you yes Mm. you are Mm. yes you are i mean and you you think like all of these like little like you think those worms in your brain are gone because you have a BLM sticker? Right, no. Right. Like, this is like, you don't, and, and I'm not on the Abraham Kendi side. Like, I think that's a little, I think that's too, I don't think that's as useful as he believes that it is. But I do, I do understand that point of view and I do understand that fight. So I get it. I don't, that's not my, that, mm-hmm. what fight you know, the, is, what anti, fight is, an, the a, anti-racism, you know, the idea of being the policy is sort of like, it doesn't really matter what the intent of a policy is. If the outcome is racist, then it is de facto a racist policy. Oh, so Whoa. I mean, Whoa. yeah. So I, I, I probably don't go there with that, but I do. I mean, you know, that position and positions like it are, are positions that are sick of the way that these ideas that you care about, that I care about, mm. like actual human suffering, have been turned into a fashion statement. Mm. These are just fashion statements for most people. Mm. That's why the work continues regardless mm. <laughs> of the way mm. that we conceptualize these oppressions, you know, mm. I agree with you. Yeah. I think the fight that we're fighting is more than just the 60s. It continues to go back. And it's not just on black bodies. It's on women's bodies. It's on queer bodies. Mm-hmm. It's on disabled right. bodies. Yeah. It's on. Right. It's yeah. even on white bodies in a different way. Because right. what you mentioned before, Travis, before we got on the air, we were talking about a group of people that you know, and that fear and that anxiousness. That's mm-hmm. not living. <laughs> and I constantly yeah. tell people that they think that when they, when, they, when they talk about white people have everything, and I go, no. Everybody's suffering. There are levels of suffering, absolutely. But let's just be clear about you. You can't have your foot on someone's neck and and be and, and sleep comfortably. You know, you can't mm-hmm. do these things. These things aren't sustainable, and that's why there are all these explosions every now and again mm-hmm. across the U.S. And mm-hmm. I think that when we, when we get back to, I just want to kind of roll back to the um the trial, the the second impeachment yeah. trial. Yeah, I appreciate it. we we are talking about the impeachment. Well, that's all right. the things <laughs> I think we talked about do are through lines. You know, there are things yeah. that are connected. There is a profound dissatisfaction. Like I, I I often 
not in often. I often um, I was looking at it when I first saw it, when it was happening in, in real time, and was like, why are people cosplaying? This feels hmm. like a convention. It doesn't, I couldn't. For sure. You know, and then, you know, and honestly, they, what I saw that day, I was watching it and it was hard for me to wrap my mind around it because I was like, they are actually beating people. They're actually hurting people. They're just not pushing their way into the Capitol. They are hurting people because they feel like these people represent whatever it is, represent whatever it is that they hate or are disgusted right. by. Yeah. It's profoundly, right. yeah. um, it was really moving to see it again during the impeachment trial because yeah. you had fresh eyes. And I don't think that, you know, we talk about every September 11th, we never, never if we shall forget, you know, the Holocaust. Mm. Let's not forget. <laughs> and so it's a weird place to be in the U.S. because we're constantly being told to forget. I think I told mm. you both that there was maybe mm. in the last podcast that even as people were still in the Capitol, Still in the fucking capital, people were calling for unity <laughs> and healing, and I said, "Oh, this is at the. This is really something. Fuck I wish I would have. I wish I'd taken down the newscaster or the uh, uh, the politician's name." And I was like, "Oh, so y'all don't even want to deal with what's happening? This is a great moment to consider the health of the nation, the mental health of the nation. Calls for unity, absolutely." <laughs> That was part one of two of our podcast. Please join us next week for our continued conversation. Thanks very much for listening.